welcome to the Tomes of Trill podcast, where books and friendships collide. I'm Becca. And I'm Carrie. And we're two friends who love to talk about books. Today, in this very special bonus episode, we very are talking... special. Oh, yes. The most special. <laughs> we are talking about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes movie. So we just covered the book, mm-hmm. and now we are covering the movie. Yes, we are. Content warning at the beginning of each podcast. As normal, we provide a content warning. This is the one for this bonus episode. This movie is rated PG-13. Because of this classification, our content while discussing this book will be rated PG-13 as well. We will try to keep the graphic content to a minimum, and we will give warnings before it approaches. With that, spoilers, spoiler alert for this one. Huge spoiler alert. We will be talking about the entire movie and book. If you have not yet seen the movie or read the book, what are you doing here? Go, at go least away. Watch the movie. Like, <laughs> in love, go away. And so go at least watch the movie and come back to this episode later. And But we'd really love for you to read the book, too. And there's listen to great, our other episodes. Yes. There's a great podcast called Tomes and Tropes Pod that actually covers all three parts. So you should check them out. You should definitely check them out. Oh, definitely. We will also be discussing any spoilers from the original trilogy. So go catch up on them and then come back and give us a listen. Yes. All right. All right. Here we go. We have not <laughs> talked about this movie and we've saved it just for this podcast. And let me tell you, this has been the hardest part of our friendship ever to not so talk hard. about this book and movie with you. My poor husband, our poor husbands, yes. have had to listen to us talk about endless <sighs> details that they probably don't care about. We had to let it out somehow. We did. Um, with that being said, we may go on a couple tangents, so bear with us, but we'll get back on track. Maybe we'll get Maybe. there. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off with what we both liked. I, I'll start off really quick. I really liked how this movie felt like a Hunger Games movie. It definitely was along the same vein. It felt like it fit. It definitely was different, but it felt like it fit in the trilogy or it felt like it fit in this grouping of movies. So I did really like that. Mm-hmm. I also really liked the opening scene and the ending scene or the ending part of the movie so the opening scene you get the young tigress and young snow running and then skip forward 15 seconds if you don't like graphic content uh starting now but i really liked how you got that opening scene with them being young and them seeing their neighbor cut off like the maid's leg like i really liked how that was the opening scene of the movie I also really liked the ending where you get the, and I cannot remember that actor's name, but you get the actor who played President Snow in the original trilogy. Donald Sutherland. Yes. You get him and you get that quote when the movie theater is dark and it's like that, which I forgot exactly what the quote was, but I was like getting ready to like that the movie was ending and I got ready to like get up and the quote came and I just got chills. So I definitely liked that portion of it too. So Mm -hmm. what I liked, I loved seeing the scene where Reaper is covering 
the dead tributes with the flag. I knew I would love that part. You knew I love that part. If you listen to part two, like Mm -hmm. you, that's like, so good. Definitely shed some tears. It's fine. So good. It, and that, like, like you said, it felt like a Hunger Games movie because there were parts that just like absolutely broke you. And I thought that the cinematography was really good. Mm. I thought that with what they did and what they included, they kept it moving along. Yeah. So we'll talk about what we didn't like later. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I did like the flow of it and how they, for a movie, they move things along nicely. Where yeah. like some of the parts in the books were a little slow and they didn't include that and that was fine. So I, I felt like it moved well for a movie. Yeah. Um, I did also really love the opening and ending scenes, especially mm. the contrast between Academy Snow to scary future President Snow. Yeah. Um, in Panem as it's being rebuilt, which I thought was really cool that they included Panem being rebuilt because I kind of forgot about that mm-hmm. entire book. Yeah. I also really liked. So. For those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, um, I did not like part three of the book by any means. <laughs> and I think we can kind of divide this up into part the three parts that in the book because the movie was also broken up into three parts. And I mm-hmm. really did appreciate that. I liked the parallels there between the book and the movie. But I really, really liked part three of the movie because it took away all the things that I didn't like about the book. (laughs) So if you haven't listened to that that episode yet, I did not like how we were introduced to so many characters in part three and we were introduced to this new setting in District 12 that we hadn't been introduced yet to in in the book. And it was a different District 12 than we know of from the original trilogy. The movie took all of that out. We really weren't introduced to too many more characters, which I loved. Even the Covey. Like, I didn't need to know all the Covey members. Like, (laughs) Barb, Azure, like, sorry, girl. (laughs) You weren't super necessary (laughs) for the plot to be moving along. I I did like that we didn't get introduced to all of those characters. And I liked that we this because of the cinematography and because of the movies the original trilogy i didn't feel like district 12 was a new place that we were going because we had a similar setting in the in the original trilogy like it didn't feel True. new and so i didn't feel like i had to relearn what was going on what the rules were who the characters were in part 3 of the movie when i did in the book and i really did like like that a lot I loved how they portrayed the Hunger Games in the in the movie. I thought it was very the important parts of the Hunger Games from the book I thought were included in the movie. The things that were moved us as readers. Reaper, that part is very intentional. I thought we got the Jessup scene where he had rabies. I thought that was done very well, along with yes. the Lucy Gray like comforting him at the end. I thought the girl who was on the pillars, that scene, just her living up there and 
that was very well done as well as Marcus and that scene I was kind of Mm. waiting for that scene in the in the movie and I really liked how they did that scene because you could like the shock on the other characters faces was very palpable and I loved that so yes that's gonna be one I just overall I liked the cast of Mm. we are gonna talk more deeply about casting but I thought overall the cast very well portrayed like what what the characters were like and their expressions and like who they were as people um very well so hats off to the cast members you all killed it so good i loved the scene at the end where snow goes mad and like ends up like shooting lucy gray maybe to be determined, I guess, because um, we don't <laughs> actually get an official, like, did he hurt her or not? But I loved that scene. I was really worried about that going into the movie because the book did a, such a good job of portraying his dissension into this madness that we we know and we love, quote, love of our <laughs> big bad President Snow. And I was really worried because in the movie, we don't get that first person perspective. We only get like the third person perspective just because of how movies are. But I thought that scene, they did such a good job of portraying that scene. And you felt as like a watcher or as a viewer, (laughs) as a viewer that like he was descending into that madness. And it had very like it was so well done. The actor Tom Blythe, he did such a good job of just like making you feel what we read in the book. Yeah, he really did. So good. Okay. Are you ready for disliked? I'm ready. I have so many. Okay. Why don't you start then? (laughs) Oh, okay. I was super confused at the first part of the movie. I was like, what the heck is happening? the prize being announced at the beginning Mm. didn't like that understood why but didn't like it nonetheless that's so interesting because i didn't mind that uh that was the piece that i didn't mind because i don't think they could have put it later in the movie mm, that's probably true i understand like why a lot of these dislikes are like because of creating a movie you have to do certain things and so like no disrespect to anyone who made the movies like (laughs) you did what you you could do and you can only include so much and i get it so so disliked in part one it i disliked clemencia's whole i'm gonna do the paper like volunteering no not how it went Mm -hmm. i felt like i i had to like in part one i had to think about what actually happened in the book and what actually happens Mm -hmm. in the movie and try to like separate that so i could truly enjoy the movie but that was just really hard in the first part for me yeah it was very hard as a as a reader to not think about the whole first part and be like oh well that was different oh that was different oh that was different so yeah i agree so in part two, I didn't like how Reaper died. I think him being mm-hmm. included in the snake thing just didn't work for me. <laughs> I think it took away from Lucy Gray's um, just her smart thinking and her strategic abilities that she had and took away that win for her. 
because like a bunch of tributes just died from the snakes and i thought it was anti-climatic so yeah i took it i think it took away from lucy gray specifically yeah oh i remembered oh sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead i remembered in part one also what i didn't like it's just the whole zoo scene was just really weird anytime we were in the zoo it's just really uncomfortable and i don't yes. know if it was supposed to be I imagined the zoo, the monkey cage, being inside. Yeah, me too. Like, I imagined it being inside. I imagined it having a lot of space. I imagined it very differently than it was portrayed in the movie. And that was very distracting because yes. it felt like it was so small that there are a lot of points in the book where they talk about, like, I get Lucy Gray alone. I don't want the other tributes to be listening, blah, 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 blah. And I felt like that wasn't that wasn't a possibility in how small the movie what the movie portrayal of the monkey cage was. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering all of my part one dislikes right now. Yeah. Oh. I'm gonna include back to Me your re- reaper death. I'm gonna include the fact that they went into the Hunger Games with most of the tributes being alive in the movie mm-hmm. versus in the book they had most of the tributes actually died before they even got into the games yes. so i think they went in with 14 tributes i believe in the book and the rest of them had died before the games mm-hmm. and in the movie i feel like they went in with like 22 i think maybe 20 but most of them died or most of them didn't die before they get they went to the games most of them were in the games um and died that way i think I, part one was my least favorite in the entire movie and like yes. there was just a lot of like ugh, no ew yeah. and my husband kept looking over at me because i was like Ugh. or like it was... probably making noises like mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> It was something that I definitely had to sit and be like, okay, this is a movie. You are allowed to enjoy the movie without analyzing all the differences here because part one was so different. Yes. I think I finally got to that mindset in part three. I like really struggled. Like Interesting. I think because the original trilogy, in my mind, did such a great job of portraying the books. Like I've Mm. always considered... I don't need to reread the Hunger Games series because the movies did such a great job that I didn't need to like read the books and I did not feel the same way with this one. So I went in with those specific expectations, which probably explains why I have more dislikes than likes for this. Yeah, that makes sense. I also, so I said I liked the beginning scene of the movie, but... That scene is so important in the book because it's referenced like four times, like how he is just so appalled that they are cannibalized or something Mm -hmm. that does not come back in the movie. So for them to be, I think the movie portrayed it, like, I think it was important to include in the movie to show like they were young when they became poor and they were young to like to see that and the depravity that was present in the capital but i think they could have shown that without the the leg and i feel like that the leg came back so often in the book that it Mm -hmm. didn't come back in the movie and it's kind of like well for those two minutes i would have rather seen like a different scene instead of instead of that specific part for sure one thing I really disliked 
and this is the romance side of me mm-hmm. is that we didn't get the kiss before she goes into the hunger games arena yes and i feel like that took away a lot from snow like being like oh my gosh i hope she lives because like i want to kiss her again basically yeah like i think that like took away some of that i mean they almost kiss and then the kiss when they finally meet in the meadow is like phenomenal like it Mm. gives you everything you wanted but like at that moment you're like missing that like goodbye kiss almost Mm. like thank you for everything goodbye like that type of kiss yeah yeah i agree with that part one in the book ends with them sitting at a table and Lucy Gray saying, well, you could start by thinking I could win. And that is not how part one ended in the movie. That was hard for me because we got that line probably 30 minutes into the movie. And part one, I think went about 45 minutes. So we had a whole 15 minutes of like, they, they rearranged the, um, the chronological order of the book. And that was like, I was like expecting part two to come and all this stuff. And it just like, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. (laughs) So that was really hard. And didn't he, he wasn't the one to put the rat poison in his mother's compact, right? Mm -hmm. She did that yeah okay that's what I thought and I was like "Mm -mm." he just seemed the movie was trying to make him seem evil before the book did yeah and I think that was like my biggest complaint of the movie yeah I mean you can't get that internal dialogue without it being overlaid with dialogue which isn't my favorite type of movie so I understand why and like you have that difference but I think there is a way to portray it differently yeah I also did not like so I don't know if you caught this in the movie because I I actually saw this on TikTok after I watched the movie but there is a scene they are sent out the um, snow and other peacekeepers are sent out to look for I don't remember his name but they're sent out to look for the murderer of Billy Tope and Maud Ivory mm-hmm. or not Maud Ivory um, Mayfair mm-hmm. which first of all I loved how they did that scene. That was an amazing scene. They did such a good adaptation of that. Yes. 10 out of 10. Loved that The um, when they were back in the shed. But when they were out looking for the murderer, they there was this conversation between Lucy and Snow saying, and she said, like, Snow was like, nobody will talk, nobody will talk. And Lucy Gray goes, well, what about Sejanus? And it was her that put the idea that Sejanus might be the downfall of their relationship or of like that scene instead of Snow coming to that conclusion himself. And that was just like heartbreaking for me because that totally undid the betrayal at the end for me because it was like, well, you know who the third person is, like you figured it out, but like you are the one who put it in his mind so like can you actually be that mad about it like I don't know I was just that like kind of made the ending a little bit disingenuous for me yeah I could definitely see that I didn't catch that at first but as you were talking I was like oh yeah there's just a lot of build up to where his betrayal didn't seem as like crazy or like heartbreaking so yeah I do I really missed the Deep in the Meadow song mm, because mm-hmm. because it was in the movies 
of the other Hunger Games movies, and I think it was in the book too, but like the we did miss that song specifically. Yeah. So I, I missed that one. I think I think most of my dislikes are from part one. Mm, and I would agree. A couple from part two and a couple from part three that are are less significant, but I feel like part three you had to kind of move the story along because they took so long in the other two parts. I agree. I do think they focused on the games themselves a little bit longer than they did in the books. I remember the books being like, that was it? Like, that was the whole games? Like, I think it was, what, four, five chapters? Mm -hmm. And it was a large part of the movie. So I do agree. And I understand why, because that, like, will make people probably enjoy it who weren't readers. Right. Because they can familiarize they can like connect it with the other movies that they've seen since the trilogy spends a lot of time a lot of time in the games right so so you want to move out onto what was left out <sighs> yeah okay i would spend a century and just like so move <laughs> me along <laughs> the biggest thing and i was we got to the end of the movie and I was heartbroken that we did not get this scene because in part one of our podcast, I talked about how excited I was to see this scene was we did not get to see Clemencia turn into a snake. Mm-hmm. And we did not get the delirious fever dream of him being drugged and her coming into his room and the we're not safe, Corio, we're not safe. And we did not get that piece of it. We didn't like she didn't even really come back after she got bit. And that is such a huge part of him distrusting Dr. Gall. And I was so sad that we didn't get that scene. And I did honestly didn't even realize it until the drive home that we like missed it. But that was such a a big scene for me in the book that we did not get in the movie. And I think that's the scene that I would have rather have seen than the opening scene where they're young and like with the guy cutting off the leg. Mm-hmm. That would that was very that was missing. You could feel that. And yeah. I think even when my husband who didn't read the book he he felt like something was missing with that whole Clemencia situation. So mm-hmm. when I explained it to him what happened in the book, he was like, oh, like that makes so much more sense. And like he 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 felt like it was missing in the movie. So that made yeah. me feel better too, that it wasn't just like, oh, I'm a reader. I know that was missing. He just felt yeah. like something was missing from that situation because it just felt like really quick and moved over quickly. Yeah. I think the other thing we're missing here is we missed a lot of time in part three of them growing their relationship. Like they went every Saturday that they could to hang out with the Covey, um, him and Sejanus. And I think we get, I think it is four times that we really dig into the time that they spent together but we are told that it's basically every saturday that they go to the hob every sunday they have off you know we we do get that 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 note in the book and we only really get the one lake scene in the movie so that was a little a little sad for me but i think the lake scene was very very important in the movie and i liked how they did it so like that was that was nice at least the scene that we did get of them spending time together was 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 good i did like that part i 
I really liked the lake scene and mm-hmm. just like you kind of got to see his humanity in that moment. Yes. And like get a peek into the snow that we like knew more from the book. So yes. great, great point and great. Like I definitely forgot that I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this may be fall more into the disliked thing. I missed like Snow's connection with his classmates a little bit more. I felt mm-hmm. like Arachne and Clementia specifically I feel like I could have used a scene where they're like talking about their projects but of course like that's not how it happened in the movie I could have used that like camaraderie and that making Arachne's death more traumatic yeah and this is where I think it would fit more into dislike is that they didn't I don't know if it's because of ratings or whatever but if you're queasy or don't like violence skip about 15-20 seconds here but I think the tribute killing Arachne with a broken glass of the bottle that Arachne was taunting her with was far less brutal and gruesome than the knife the cheese knife um really I thought so and then I thought we missed I know they probably can't put it in because of ratings but the impact that him holding her neck again please keep skipping i i talked for longer than 15 (laughs) seconds about this gruesome alert here but like her holding his or he holding her neck to keep her from bleeding and then having the blood on him again when he goes back to his house was a very impactful moment for him yeah and i think we missed that i really missed that like that whole like him not only losing a friend but also but the trauma like, there yeah yeah like his traumatic experience firsthand of trying to save her and not being able to and then being covered in her blood okay i promise we're done <laughs> what else was left out hmm. Hmm. i felt like we could have used dr k talking about the jabber days even though we got that with dr gall a little bit um i i understand i like how it built their relationship a little bit yeah so that's okay um do you want to move into how like what they changed because i think there are a couple things that i have about what they changed that i think move into that one fit there Let's do it. So that's definitely a big one. What they changed is how the the recording worked was definitely Dr. Gall instead of Dr. K, which I do think that was a big change. I think the other change that I didn't mind there were I mean, I'm thinking these changes like I didn't mind um, versus like didn't like versus liked. I didn't mind that we were introduced to Sejanus along with the other classmates instead of getting Satyria in there. I didn't miss her, to be honest. I didn't feel like she, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was a big, it didn't hurt for me, right? It didn't hurt to not have her, but it was nice to be introduced to all the tributes together and then have Sejanus come over. And I think that really showed like his, out the outcast that he was with his his group of people. Yeah. They, obviously they changed the, the chronological order of part one which was Mm -hmm. very hard for me I know why they did it but it was still (laughs) difficult oh I think I've already said a lot of my what they changed I think 
I think I could have used more of like Tigress. Mm. Um, I think they took out a lot of her stuff, like her involvement. Oh, they changed the captain's dinner or the commander's birthday dinner. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss that either. I did not miss that. That was okay. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. And I think they they changed the how like Sejanus was immediately working with Billy Tope. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed him showing up on the train too. Yes, I I knew why they were doing that. It was fine. I miss drunk snow. I kind of wanted to see that, <laughs> um, but that's okay. I think those changes I didn't really mind with Sejanus yeah. in part three. I did think his whole of uh, the that when he realizes that like snow has betrayed him and um he's being taken to the hanging tree that was heartbreaking it was that was really good in the in the movie I think yeah and I didn't mind how they changed it like I like it wasn't a separate it was together with the other two I guess I don't remember who the other two were but I think for somebody who hadn't read the book that reveal was huge and it was really nice yes it was very dramatic well done Mm -hmm. yes so good so good think a lot of like the little changes that I haven't already talked about were fine to me because obviously yeah. I'm not remembering them so they're not <laughs> that big I, I feel like I'll have a different view when I can watch the movie again so this one change I loved in the movie much Ooh. more than I liked in the book I loved their first meeting or their first viewing of each other after the Hunger Games, like after Snow is a peacekeeper and Lucy Gray comes back. I loved that scene in the movie and it was it was just perfection. You got Mm -hmm. like you saw his nervousness. You saw her being like, oh, my gosh, like you're here and like the recognition. And I kind of loved how. Billy Tope came in earlier in the scene that then in the book because he came in early and like snow just kind of like pummeled him (laughs) and I like the whole scene was just perfection that was different than the book but I preferred how the movie did it much Mm -hmm. more I think than than how the book did it so that was I I really liked how they did that yeah I think that also brought since we got the inner dialogue of Snow being like, she's mine, she is mine, that mm. kind of showed his mindset of like, yes. back off, Billy, she is mine. Yes. And so I think that that brought that piece of the book yes. in. That's a good point. All right. So casting thoughts. What mm-hmm. did we, you, Becca, think of the casting so far? I... So far? <laughs> I loved the casting in this movie. I really thought all the, like, I thought the casting was so well done. I, I loved, so Tom Blythe was Snow. I loved him. I think Rachel Ziegler was perfect for Lucy Gray. I am a Viola Davis girl. I love her. So was love to see her in that movie. And somebody that we don't have on our list, I loved the actress who played Mayfair. I thought she did very good in, she was definitely a side character in the movie, but I thought she did very well trying to, she was almost exactly who I pictured her to be. 
So I thought it was, I, I thought casting as a whole was really good. So I've seen Peter Dinklage in a lot of different shows right now. My husband's watching Game of Thrones. So mm. like seeing him in, I'm, I can't wait to watch Game of Thrones too. And <laughs> just like see him in that for real. But I've like seen him a lot in that. And I've seen him in some like romantic stuff. And I've seen him in um more recently Elf. And like, he's just such a great actor and he was exactly what I was thinking of as Dean Highbottom really yes like I was thinking his like facial expressions his tone of voice like everything about Dean Highbottom in my brain was Peter Dinklage and I had no idea I I really see that yeah he did a great job and I just really wanted to point out him specifically also, I am also a Viola Davis girly. <laughs> She's so good. Love her in The Help. I love her in How to Get Away with Murder, of course. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a lot of her character in from How to Get Away with Murder in Dr. Gall, that very professor mm. type of dramatic. Yeah, yeah, dramatic, like teachery. I, and I just thought she played an amazing Dr. Gall, kind of a little crazy, like hippity hoppity. <laughs> but then she We like, love Dr. Off. Gall on oh, this podcast. We do. We really do. I just thought she did a great job. Another person I want to shout out to is Lucky, the wow. Jason Schwartzman. He, <laughs> I, he was great comedic relief the entire movie. I just laughed so much. And he he just played a very good lucky flickerman i think he was a better magician in the movie than he was in the book like it was talked a lot about how bad of a magician he was in the book but he was a good magician in the movie and i was here for it yes that was a change i definitely liked that i forgot about but is great job on jason jason schwartzman that's a say that three times fast jason schwartzman Jason, I can't do it. Today. <laughs> I'm struggling. Sorry, Jason. But yeah, I thought he was great. The whole cast, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just did a great job from um, Wobi and Reaper, Jessup. Like, I just thought they all yes. did. Um, and Coral, oh my gosh, she was like literally what I had in my mind. <laughs> I saw on TikTok how they were like, Coral looks like she orders like an iced Americano. And reads her book <laughs> in a coffee shop and supports local businesses and has tattoos and stuff. And I just love that. That's funny. Yes. Carrie like used to work was... at Starbucks, so yes. that I I love yes. any like characters with coffee. Maybe we'll make that in one of our book reviews Ooh. eventually. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well done to the cast. Yes. Well done. Well done. Now, on to music, how it was portrayed in the movie versus in the book. All right. So, I I love the movie scores. So, I just love how we got to hear a lot of the same musical themes behind the entire movie that we heard in the trilogy. Just that specific part. I just love how it brought back. It made me feel like I was home back into mm. the trilogy of The Hunger Games. Like, it yeah. just gave you that familiarity that you may not have had with otherwise yeah with that and I really 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 love all the singing music (laughs) it's been on I listen to it all day at work 
I'm like getting into the district full of sump. I'm like, yes, here we go. <laughs> uh, it's a motivational music. And I, it just brings me back. And again, I really miss the deep in the meadow song. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, that's deeply missed for me, but okay. I just loved it. Okay. I would so agree. Awesome. I feel like the songs that we didn't get from the book were not missing. I didn't, I, mm. I, I understand the deep in the metal one, but we didn't get that scene of her comforting Maud Ivory. So it didn't really miss for me. And there were a couple songs that they changed. So I don't think she sings whatever you can take away from me wasn't worth keeping i don't think she sings that the first time she sees snow in the book i think it's a different song but that didn't it didn't bother me that that was a different one and then there was um yeah like i said i loved i also think like rachel's voice was perfect for her i think that it was I know Rachel's gotten a lot of like negative press recently, but I think she was so good in this movie. And I think she, she really encaptured who Lucy Gray was and her voice and how like, her, I don't know, just like everything about it. So I do, I did really like the the music in, in the movie. Yes. I will say another jumping back to dislike during the song that she wrote for snow he just up and leaves mm. follows sejanus and tries to find him i think we miss that like emotional part i love the song though and i love that they still like included it on the soundtrack so we can like enjoy it um and kind of ignore that he left so i yeah i, I just pretend he never left so i can hear <laughs> the song and think about how it was in the book because i i just love that she wrote it for him so overall ratings, I think we're going to do mocking Jays again. Carrie, Ooh. what was your overall rating of the movie? I'm going to do three out of five mocking Jays. I wouldn't, I would only watch this one to two more times, I think. Really? Unless I was watching it with someone else who has never seen it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I told my husband this yesterday. And I I don't think I'm going to watch it very often. It's like I watch the Hunger Games trilogy probably once a year or once every other year. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'm gonna include it in my rewatches because it just wasn't my favorite. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, do you think that will change because you watched the movie? We both did. We watched the movie pretty close after finishing the book. Do you think that will change the further away from the book you get? Maybe. I think doing this podcast has kind of solidified the book in my brain. Okay. So I don't think I'll forget. Whereas like with the Hunger Games trilogy, I've definitely forgotten what happened in the books versus what happened in the movies. Yeah. As you can tell in the podcast. But I think my initial reactions were like, oh my gosh, this was good. But the more I thought about it, I was like, hmm interesting okay I think I, the highest i can give it is a three out of five mocking jays wow okay <laughs> i'm gonna give it a four out of five Ooh. because of the reason i just mentioned i think the further away from the book we get i think i will like it more i also so something carrie and i realized i was it last night or two nights ago 
the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is almost twice the length of the original Hunger Games book, like the actual book. And I think that is pretty consistent across the series. But at least the first book compared to the um, the prequel is there. It's almost double the size. Yeah, I think that lends itself to the things that we've talked about before with it missing a lot of things and it having to change things because there was a lot more that happened that didn't necessarily there there it wasn't present in the original trilogy because those books were shorter yeah now um i did like the book it changed things that i did not like about part three so that's why it is a four out of five So I went to go see it with my husband, and he really liked the movie. But I also think the reason it's not a five out of five is because the movie did miss a couple pieces that I think were important to the story. So there were a couple times um, my husband would lean over and say, what does that mean? Or what did she say about Katniss? Or what what does this mean, right? And Mm -hmm. I think there were a couple things at the beginning that weren't very clearly explained that it was almost like they assumed you were going to read the book before watching the movie. So I do think that there, that's why it can't be a five out of five for me because there was that. Now, as I said before, it felt like a Hunger Games movie. It was, they changed the things that they changed that I really liked. And I think the further we get away from actually reading the book. So I finished the book about four hours before I saw the movie. So it was super fresh in my mind. I do think the further away we get, the um, the better it will mm. get. So I think I was like two weeks from reading it. Oh, really? I was pretty far. But I, I think mean, because I've been listening to the audiobook, that's why it's like fresh. So like I finished yeah. my actual read first and then the audiobook I've been listening to. So it was like pretty fresh. So Yeah, I also feel like we, like you said, like we've been doing this podcast and like we saw the book or we saw the movie before we actually finished recording Mm -hmm. the the podcast of part three. So I think that was a big part of it, too, is we like had been working on it and it was kind of a part of our lives where I don't think it will be in maybe a year or two. So I think it has some redemptive qualities. I also do want to watch it again. Like, I have that desire to watch it again. I do, too. Now that, like, I've seen it, I think I want to go back and try to, like, re, like, change my brain and be like, okay, we're going to sit down and enjoy this as a separate movie. If anyone has seen the Anne of Green Gables series that they came out, like, 50 years ago, probably, I don't know, forever ago, completely different than the books. But if you read it and watch it differently, like, okay, these movies are a different story about a character Mm -hmm. that I love. It's different so I probably have to go in with that mindset yeah but even though my husband had a completely different opinion and did not like the movie at all that's so interesting he liked it at first but the more he thought about it he was like a lot of plot holes and like he didn't under he didn't know who a lot of the characters were too like he felt like they didn't like introduce them very well so that's he was fair. like whispering over to me a lot like who was that I was like I don't know this is the first time I'm seeing them too <laughs> yeah so that would be i i think i will watch it like once or twice again and then probably as i take a break from it we'll see yeah 
Well, that is the end of our bonus episode. We would love to hear your thoughts about the movie and the book to movie adaptation. What is your rating? What is your overall rating out of five Mockingjays? (laughs) We want to know. Again, you can contact us via email at tomesandtropespod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at tomesandtropespod and so is our TikTok. So head over there for some extra content i guess if you want to know more things about us and about the podcast maybe but thank you so much again for joining us on this journey and for the last time may the odds be ever in your favor bye y'all bye